Hello, Jordan. Happy Sunday, Mike. How are you, sir? Doing all right. Getting up to speed on my caffeine intake as per <laughs> protocol. I got up to speed with some xylitol nasal spray, which I it says it's not medicated, but I feel like I feel like I just did cocaine. I don't. <laughs> I don't understand cool. what's going on. I don't know what's happening. Counter? I don't know. I might have like an emotional breakdown in 45 minutes. I'm not sure if it's going to have the same uh, after effects as cocaine. It was my Are first you, time ever uh, using sick? it. No, no. Just bought it because um, I heard that it can be good for um, if you have like sinus allergies. It can be good at like opening up the airways. Or maybe I just am receiving so much more oxygen now that like... <laughs> I don't Your know what life is like. At next level. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. Are you getting allergies insane. this time of year? I figure everything would be starting to die. I don't know. I feel like kind of up and down. The weather's been kind of warm and then cold. You know how it is here. But yeah, I think it's allergies. I've had a long history of sinus issues. So anything, yeah. I'll try anything. The yeah. silver lining of being trapped indoors and then. Uh, the entire state burning down uh, this year has been that there hasn't been a lot of pollen in the air. Like mm. when we were finally, when it was becoming easier and to do stuff outside because they were starting to do like social distance outdoor shit toward the tail end of the summer. By then, uh, everything was on fire. So, you know, plants don't produce a lot of pollen when they're aflame. So mm. it's been a, it's been a good allergy year for me. It's a good look on so the bright far. side. Yeah, yeah, you know, I like to. I'm a, I'm a optimist for sure. <laughs> As oh. everybody who's listened can tell, dude. Uh, last night in an email, um, we found out that we're getting our dog on Tuesday. Oh shit! Congrats. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So remind me, it's a lab. It's a lab. We were on a list for a yellow lab. Um, at the time that we signed up for the list, the reason why we chose a yellow lab, it was just the shortest list. But you know. Of course, the gods are kind to me. So, so therefore, every other type of lab list was a you know list item was accommodated to whoever put deposits down. So somehow, despite it being the shortest at the time, um, fulfilling the yellow lab orders from the breeder took the longest. So they had a black lab female that they were going to keep for breeding purposes, and then they decided that they needed a yellow lab based on the last breed that they. Um, what do you call it? The, or I'm sorry, the last litter that they had. So they decided that they weren't going to keep the black lab. So it's 14 weeks old, and it's a female. And yeah, they called us first black to see if lab we female. Cool. Mm-hmm. So it'll be similar to bear then. I mean, in terms of you know general age, look and color. Well, he'll, he'll he'll be a hell of a lot smaller, but I mean, like the, he looks like a tiny little baby lab now, kind of. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So that's so that's. So, cool. do you guys have a name picked out? Um, I have a name, but we're gonna do a thing where we decide what the names are. So each person puts out two names. Or wait, how do we decide to do it? I don't know. Everyone in the house puts in a name, or maybe it was two names. And then we choose two names that we think are the best. Like we give them a point system, and at the end of it, oh, we see how, which how very uh, <laughs> Scandinavian election of you. <laughs> so then we see whichever one has the most points. But I, I actually am cool with the name uh, that they have, and I have some weird thing about like objectification of animals further than 
that already is. Like we're having them as a pet, <laughs> which kind of is weird to me at times. You mean like you don't like little like cutesy names for animals? No, so. no, no, no. Like sometimes I have a weird issue about animals in general just because like we're using them for our purposes or, you know, like uh, spaying them or neutering them. I have a weird issue about it. Like where I'm just deciding, right. like, hey, guess what? <laughs> it's so much more convenient for me if... You don't have if your you didn't reproductive have your balls system. <laughs> and you weren't humping stuff all right. the time. That'd be yeah. So I got a weird thing with it. So it already has a name. It's already been responding to a name. The breeder said that it's still at you know uh, I guess it's within the age of being able to change its name. Um, but its name now is Jasmine, which I'm, I'm okay with. I my initial thoughts were that I wanted to name the dog Carmen in my fantasy before we had the dog. So we'll see, we'll see. I guess we'll all just kind of decide on what we want to do with the dog. It's 50% of the same name, right? I mean, maybe it'll, you know, it'll just think you've got a weird accent or something. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, We, uh, Kim said, if we got the dog, the caveat was because I finally caved in on it, that I would be able to name the dog. Mm -hmm. Um, but we were still discussing names and she had some name ideas and I wasn't into it. So then I used my veto power to override that. <laughs> but, uh, they say single syllable names are tough for dogs. Cause like everything is a single syllable, like, you know, yes, and no, and everything else that you're like commands typically. And so it's confusing to them, but I just call him bear bear most of the time. Like he, he seems to be getting that. Um, but yeah doesn't really matter it's not like we have deep fucking conversations i just need them to know when i'm like hey come over here you know <laughs> like, right, 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 doing right, that. right uh cool well that'll be exciting looking forward to getting your take on dog ownership because uh yeah it's a lot of work it, it was interesting man because they're like they weren't going to i think they thought we were going to be deterred by the fact that it was 14 weeks old and he's like, so we just finished potty training it. So it has, to, you know, you, you may have and you're to like, just. you're like, thank God. <laughs> I was like, yeah. you sure you just, you might want to keep it for two more weeks just to make sure it's really. Yeah, just make sure he's not pissing anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. That's a big deal. Well, I mean, potty. I don't know that. I don't know that dogs can be completely potty trained by 14 weeks. I mean, not that I'm an expert, but like the shit that I'm reading saying it, it's like, it's more like six months before they're yeah, like yeah. totally good to go. But I don't know. I mean, Bear has been he's getting better now it's just like you really have to be on top of him i think if you are diligent about taking him out like every you know whatever like two hours or so at the max at that age um and like you're hovering over them and you can like read the signs when they start to do their their little like searching around on the floor thing you're probably okay that's kind of where we're at now but you know i'd say he has about an accident a week where he'll just get all hyped up and then he'll just You'll, he'll just be walking and then just lay a line of piss on the rug. But yeah, that's the worst thing that happens. It's not too bad. As long as he's not like fucking chewing up, you know, leather jackets and shit. You're all right. <laughs> you just leaving your leather jackets laying around? <laughs> yeah, man. I like to keep them out so I can look at them. <laughs> well, that's cool. So what else? What else is up? What have you been doing? What's up this weekend? Cutting down trees, digging holes. No, I haven't really done much of that lately. I've kind of just been enjoying it. I feel like I wore myself out this summer, so now I'm just walking through and listening to audiobooks as I walk around and trying to feel like Do you just like walk around your property with like your arms crossed behind your back and just listening to an audiobook? <laughs> I do, kind of, yeah, yeah. Staring yeah. into space, that's what I, I imagine. I just enjoy yeah. it. I fell into <laughs> the creek, that was fun. I, I, you know, uh, I built a Tarzan-style <laughs> swing across the creek. And I bought some new boots that I was so pumped up about. They're Nike. Nike makes combat boots that, like, um, the military, I guess they're military authorized, so you can buy them 
and, and use them for service. Um, so I was so pumped up. I was so pumped up, dude. I was doing crazy things in my new combat boots. And I fucking fell in the creek while I was, do- <laughs> while I was oh, trying no. to swing Tarzan style. So I just muddied them up. I was so sad. Did you ruin them? No, actually, I thought they were ruined because they looked destroyed. And then after I, they were wet, they looked even more destroyed. And then two days later, it's like some little fairy came and like tapped them with a wand because after they dried, they looked brand new. Hmm. Yeah, That's yeah. cool. Do they look like what I, I mean, when you think of a combat boot, I'm mm-hmm. just having a hard time imagining a Nike combat boot. It looks identical to any other combat boot you would imagine. It has a swoosh embossed on the heel. That's it. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you have trench foot now, or <laughs> I think I'm good. I cleaned off my foot shortly after the incident. So I'm Sweet. Good <laughs> nice, you? nice. What's going on with you? Same shit, dude. Yesterday was just like, uh, yeah. Speaking of, we talked a little bit yesterday, but Kim went with the dog out to meet a friend for lunch, and so he was gone for you know half the day, and it was just like a mix of. Oh my god! I, I like I kept panicking, thinking I had to take him out when I was in between doing shit, and then like the realization of like having you know whatever four hours, five hours of like not having to deal with him. I was like, oh. <laughs> it was so nice. I was like, I didn't have to like time box every single one of my activities to like knowing that he was gonna need to take a shit. Um, so that was very very freeing. <laughs> Would you do anything spectacular? No, I just got shit done. I just like cleaned <laughs> up and washed the car. Like I, n- I've never washed the Fiat, so washed that for the first time. Just tidied up around the house a little bit. You know, exciting fucking adult Saturday shit. That's, that's the best feeling. I feel like that's yeah, what, yeah. Now I'm good. just tired and sore from bending over washing the car. <laughs> it's like amazing how like sore I get from washing a damn car. It's like by the time you're like on your hands and knees scrubbing wheels and all that shit at the end of the day, you feel like you did a yoga class or something. Well, bro, maybe if you weren't seven feet tall and buy a three inch tall car, <laughs> you would have that same problem, dude. <laughs> yeah, I need to get like a lifted truck so I can just like walk under it. <laughs> God. Um, well, thank you again to everybody who's been subscribing and listening to our thoughtful banter uh, every week here. So, <laughs> as always, if you want to reach out on social media at Pod, or if you want to email us, if that's your contact method of choice, inhumanpod at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe. We drop episodes, what, every Sunday typically, except for the ones that we skip because we got other shit going on. Because <laughs> we're probably paid like for this. Twice. <laughs> right, right, right. All right, so yeah, today I wanted to talk a little bit about something that's been on our list for a while, and I feel like we've been talking a lot about like internet-specific things and a lot of election and coronavirus tie-ins, so I just wanted to like break the cycle and kind of go back to something more fundamental, but I feel like one that we both probably have shared interest in, um, and maybe similar different takes. I actually don't really know that I know what your take is in detail. But mm. what I want to talk about was gun control, um, particularly in the U.S., I'd say. is kind of the focus of what I wanted to talk about. But just wanted to go through, you know, I guess whether it's a problem or whether we think it's a problem or not, um, whether we understand, like, what the root of the problem is and sort of how we address it and why we haven't, I think, are the things that I want to touch on. 
Okay. So I guess I know that this is how it's talked about, I guess, in the general sense, but referring to it as gun control, what is your definition of it? Or what do you think the... the yeah, so I guess the root of the problem and in, in this, our whole barometer for what is a problem when it comes to deaths in the U.S., I think, has just been reset because we've got, whatever, 210, 20,000. I mean, what are we at in coronavirus right now? Yeah, it's And we don't like seem to be taking that seriously yet. So <laughs> it's, I mean... To, to equate it to something uh, before I would have said something that was completely preventable and due to a product that people just go and buy uh, as causing, you know, I think in 2019, it was something a little bit over 15,000 gun deaths in the U S um, you know, if, if fucking iPhones were doing that, like we, I, I think that we would say, Oh, there's a, there's a problem here. Uh, coronavirus is doing that, you know, whatever that, whatever that, you know, 10 15 fold and we're not taking it seriously it's a little bit different because it isn't something that we can totally prevent but i mean i'm just i guess what i'm saying is in order of magnitude you know gun deaths in this country may not seem extreme if you're looking at purely the numbers although for the reasons that i mentioned before in terms of like this is due to a product and also that every other civilized country in the world does not face this level of death um i guess i consider it something that is preventable um and then something that you know it seems like there are common sense measures that could be taken now for people listening i guess let me put the caveat out there and and explain my hypocrisy as well like i own guns i'm a gun enthusiast i've shot guns my entire life um i would say I, i don't know what the categories of gun ownership are but like on the range from just like sporting interest fun thing that goes bang and I'm a man and I like shooting holes and stuff versus like militia type prepper person worried about scenarios. I'm on the sporting side. Like I just like shooting. It's fun for me. It's the same reason I drive cars around tracks or, you know, do anything else. That's, I don't know. (laughs) Like it's, it's like honing a skill. It's something fun. And that's more or less where it ends for me. Um, you know, I think like home protection, whatever, uh, th- there's an element of that, certainly for me. I mean, I have a shotgun, particularly in, in the face of everything that's been going on. I mean, unfortunately, I do feel like a little bit better with having something around the house because I do think that we're headed into potentially a even more divisive time than ever before in modern history in this country when it comes to tensions. Um, between you know the, the various like factions that are are emerging across the country, but that said, I mean, in a in a moment where there was a dramatic rule change and something that would stop kindergartners from getting shot, you know, in mass shootings in schools, I would be happy to give up whatever I have or happy to accept a rule change that meant I couldn't buy you know more guns. So I want to set the table because I think that's important context. Like, am I a hypocrite in terms of I've never touched a gun or owned a gun or have any interest in guns? No, but uh, perhaps then that makes me more qualified because I guess what I'm saying is like, other than for the interest, preparing for some sort of doomsday scenario, World War Three, where I think that it's necessary for the defense of, you know, we the people um, in the case of a tyrannical government. I mean, I think that argument's bullshit. These days, you know, I, I like one. Not in Michigan, according to some groups. Yeah, uh, <laughs> to people that want to kidnap the governor. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think 
and maybe that's like let's we can i feel like i'm talking a lot but i i wanted to sort of set the table in a few different ways i mean in terms of the second amendment i fully understand the origins of it i think that that use case is out the window just like half of the rest of the constitution that's been amended since then so you know i think like it was a good idea at the time but things were very different back then right information didn't flow as freely um, we had just separated from England. Uh, people had guns. It was necessary to prevent what had happened from happening again, or at least, I mean, that was the intent, right? Now, one, you know, if, if it's about a tyrannical government, to some extent, we're we're watching a tyrannical government operate in <laughs> in pockets. You know, I mean, like sending federal troops to protests. Uh, you think anybody was going to do shit about that because they had like a twenty-two uh, for hunting squirrels in the back or something? No. The other thing is, if it really came down to it, like, okay, you've got an AR-15 and, and then the, the government sends in, like, a Predator drone or an F-35, like, I, I just don't, we're not in a, a time where that shit makes sense. When everybody had muskets, I understand it, but um, that, that whole angle, to me, is bullshit. Um, to my and, understanding, the militia piece is the most misinterpreted part of, of right. yeah, so... Um, like here, there there's um, an attorney that's trying to defend, um, I guess, the Michigan residents that were involved in this plot uh, to kidnap the governor, you know, um, claiming Second Amendment. So, um, yeah, I guess it's difficult to interpret. Plus, each state has their own constitution, right? So that that governs its land. But I even the that, wording of the Second Amendment is is mm-hmm. kind of ambiguous. I mean, if there's sure. like I, there's actually an interesting Radio Lab episode I think it was where they they dive into even the way that the comma structure is. It's very strange. Like it's not mm-hmm. very clear. Even if you just try to read it, like from a linguistics perspective, it's not uh, it's not exactly clear what the intent of it was. Um, like at at a, at a micro level, but macro, I, I just fundamentally think that times have changed. We've appealed. Or repealed or replaced a lot of amendments. Um, this is one where I know people get hung up on it, but I think the intent, the macro intent of what it was supposed to do before and what it could do now and the side effect of what it does now, it's like, what are you willing to, you know, it's like, do you want to accept 15,000 deaths a year um, to potentially prevent some sort of doomsday scenario where you don't stand a chance anyways? I mean, it's like, it's, it's kind of like a lot of what we deal with elsewhere where it's like this the the guarantee and the side effect is worse than the actual potential outcome at this point i think that's everyone's defense and justification when they're asked about why they own guns but i think you know if if i used my crystal ball abilities of uh clinical interviewing i bet you i could figure out exactly why they're so tied to their specific but right. I, I i feel like the uh um the problem with with this issue uh perhaps it was like one of the one of the earlier issues or one of the first issues that became very polarized and, and, you know, um, let's say dichotomous or black and white in terms of a a solution. Um, So when I think of it, I guess I think of it on many layers, right? There are beyond the gun ownership itself, like the manifestation of, of altering something to the constitution. um, I think there could be an argument to be made Let's say, like, for I forget about the the again the topic of the gun for a second, but should we consider how we make amendments to the Constitution? Is this does this create some sort of precedent or vulnerability for how we change things on what our you know what the principles were founded on? So, if you want to be like um, 
perhaps like for reasons of being, I don't know if this is an, even a real description, but like a constitutionalist, um, I feel like, okay, I can, I can understand maybe your perspective. Um, I think that the, but that's probably not most of people's issues. Uh, the majority of people's issues are, this was something that created, you know, like identity politics a long, long time ago so that there is no nuance. There's just stalemate. Um, to disclose myself like you have, um, I also own guns. Uh, the first gun I ever bought was an AR-15 with a freaking scholarship refund. <laughs> that was interesting. Um, so, uh, yeah, I've owned assault rifles. Um, I've owned pistols. I've owned... I still have some rifles. They're mostly just... I mean, not mostly. They're only sporting rifles at this point. But... Um, there are people who are concerned with, you know, like self-defense. Um, I, I think just identifying this so poorly as like you're either with us or against us is a great disservice to the cause and to the to the country. Because I think that there are very many reasons why someone would be interested in gun ownership, whether it's just like, I don't know, let's say you do w- want to preserve your your rights okay fine if you are some sort of constitutionalist and you want to keep that there or you know you want to have a different precedent for how we decide what's what's you know how we modify or make amendments fine um but that's I, i don't think that's where the argument is the argument is in a place of good guys bad guys and even naming it gun control and putting all the you know um, propaganda around that specific label, gun control, I think is, is just really where the problem is, where it doesn't allow us to have individual opinions about it. Um, so, yeah, I'm not interested in self-defense. I don't think most people are. I think that it could be clear, to, in, in my opinion, clear to say objectively that there are specific weapons that are more often used by people with that are mentally disturbed and looking to harm people they're typically not sporting rifles so the the uh, interesting thing though too is that like i the, this is something that i'm digging into it a little bit because i want mm-hmm. i was curious in some of the stats like the the bulk of the problem is handguns i mean mm-hmm. when you when you look at gun murder in this country by weapon type mm-hmm. rifle shotguns everything else is like a very very small sliver handguns make up the bulk Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of what the ones that were the, the they were categorized, so you know that's I, another subset of like this problem is like we think of I think of you know AR-15s because they're always mentioned or even if they're incorrectly identified. It's like it's always like assault rifles that are responsible for the mass shootings. Mm-hmm. That's kind of one problem, but in terms of like actual volume of the problem, it's handguns. And I think the handgun one is the one where it's like, I don't really understand the defense for that as being needed for a well-regulated militia because that's not, I mean, if if we were imagining a scenario where there was a World War Three or some sort of civil war and you needed a, a militia, the handgun part would not be a super effective means of waging Carrying your sidearm. <laughs> right. I mean, it, it's a backup at best, but like, it just doesn't make any sense. And so it seems like common sense measures to restrict the sale of handguns would only help the problem that we're talking about, right? I mean, that's that's something that, in defense of the Second Amendment and the intent that it was laid out, you know, to address. There's that the assault rifle thing as a whole other 
different problem um and one that you know again it's like the angle is while 30 round mags or you know high capacity mags or something that you would want in a, in a scenario like a world war three or whatever to overthrow the government if they became tyrannical um but uh, the defense of that just again seems sort of stale i think when i look at the company that we keep in terms of gun deaths in the u.s it's it's kind of like you know a lot of the other administrative changes that have happened in the last four years where you're like wow this is this is who the company that we keep in terms of like shared interest it's basically brazil the u.s then mexico venezuela colombia guatemala in terms of deaths per year so it's it's us and then it's a bunch of third world and developing countries that are that have cartels running rampant and shit so i mean like when you when you look at it that way that's I, i don't know to me it's just kind of like jesus like aren't we aren't we better than that like aren't we supposed to be making Maybe. decisions to protect ourselves or, or is it just like we have we're still the fucking wild west and we're still I think we're the wild west in, in low socioeconomic areas where I'm, I'm guessing most of this you know uh the a higher rate of this gun violence happens so that I, I guess that's what i'm trying to highlight is that not necessarily that i have a specific perspective on it I just think that we haven't been able to decouple the idea of like with us or against us on this idea so that we can't come up with. That's good what I'm solutions. trying to do. Yeah. Because you know, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not like staunchly opposed to having guns, obviously, because I have them. Right. But right, right. I'm, I guess first I just want to lay out kind of the different issues and the different like the realities of it. Right. Like suicide, for example, that's that makes up the bulk mm-hmm. of gun deaths in the U.S. So uh, I think ballpark numbers like 25,000 suicide deaths in the US um in like this I think 2018 versus like closer to 15,000 murders or homicides I guess um so suicides make up the bulk of it I don't know I mean addressing that issue is is a different one and one that's a lot more complex and I don't know that just you know if suddenly every gun just evaporated I don't know that you solved that problem those people may have been you know, determined enough to do it in some other way. I'm not, I don't want to get into that, but from the homicide perspective, I guess that's, that's where I'm focused on it. Um, we still have a much higher suicide rate than basically every high other high income country in the world, but our homicide rate is off the fucking charts. It's basically like the sum of the next like 10 countries Mm -hmm. combined. Mm -hmm. Um, and those are the worst countries, right? I mean, like ranked in terms of volume. Um, and I just don't, you know, it seems to me like every time I've ever, California is a little bit more locked down or a lot more locked down. Um, it's much harder to buy shit. They do have restrictions, although those are just overturned, then reinstated, then overturned again uh, around magazine capacity. So before the latest overturn uh, decision, I think in the California Supreme Court, uh, all guns in California had a 10 round capacity limit. Mm. So there was no, you know, you get you get a Glock 17, um, you've got a 10 round mag, even though in every other state and the way that the gun's marketed, it has a 17 round mag. Typically California has special rules. So they've done a lot like that. They're, they're restricting ammo sales. There's like a light background check every time you buy ammo now. I mean, it's a, it's a one second thing. I mean, that's uh, fine. I can't get Claritin without having 
Like, I have to give you my license to buy fucking Which allergy pisses medicine. me off, but it's also like, <laughs> if that's going to prevent someone from cooking meth and selling it to like a fucking 10 year old, you know, like these are things, there's a lot of it. There's an, there is a nuance here, I guess, is the moral of the story. Right. And for me, you know, while I, in a perfect world, would like to go have a bunch of cool guns and go shoot shit, you know, on some land and that would be fun. Like, I'm willing to give that up if it means that we don't have to keep seeing news stories about, you know, a school full of innocent kids just getting murdered because some guy got off his fucking meds and his parents had a bunch of guns laying around. And so, you know, all of these insane arguments about the good guy with the gun or about the second amendment and well-regulated militia, it's like, I, I, I fail to understand and draw that connection anymore with the times that we live in when in many States you can, without a background check, go buy an assault rifle with no paperwork, no transaction. I don't, I don't know that most people know this, but at least that's the way that it was I, in, yeah. with, in but, Michigan, I mean... Uh, I, that's how I new, sold mine. Yeah, new like, gun sales, one thing. Right. You typically have... There is paperwork involved. Like, the first time it gets on record, if you are mm-hmm. the original buyer, there is a little bit of paper trail. But you could walk out of there, turn around and sell to a guy in a parking lot, and there is no paperwork transfer when it comes to rifles in that state. Handguns are different. Handguns get registered. You do have to file a transfer. That's a little bit more traceable and regulated but again i mean there's no there's no background uh there's there's a there's a basic background check there's uh, i don't i don't think there's a waiting period you just had to go get the permit but the permit is like a joke it's like three questions like should i look down the barrel of the gun and pull the trigger i mean it's 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 a fucking joke um so they're very very easy to get your hands on um and then when it comes to rifles very very not tracked at all after the original transaction occurs sure yeah i sold my assault rifles just to random people that were interested in them yeah. and you don't need to have any sort of transaction no it's i mean it's do you recall I, I how i sold one of them uh <laughs> think really hard you don't have to say it but think really hard of how i how i sold one of them i'm not saying this because it's illegal um by the way whoever's listening I don't remember. Huh. My mind sure? is addled. Huh. Okay. You were yeah. you were helping me market it? <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, it was a huh. too long okay. ago. No, I, but either way, I'm sure the story is one that would illustrate my point, which is that it's far too easy, far too, you know, of all the things that are regulated, it's just, it's insane. Now... What I'm talking about isn't. Uh, there's also nuance to like what I, I guess the salute proposed solutions are. I think when you talk to people about this, like it's very polarized, as is everything. And there's this imaginary the scenario where you know you have this like uh, government agency knocking on doors and being like, "We're here to collect your guns." And I don't know that that would ever happen in this country. I just don't. I don't think that we're to the point now, or will ever be, unless we get a lot more perhaps generations from now that that's something that people would be open to, but there's no fucking way now there would, there would be an uprising if, if people came and knocking on the door. So like, if we focus on net new transactions, this becomes a lot more manageable, right? Like when you think about a lot of the shit that's happened over the past decade or so, where I feel like, you know, it's at least been more publicized, the mass shooting part, part of this, you know, there's a lot of people that are buying the shit in the week's, you know, leading up to something that they're planning. It's not like they were, they just 
this is something that they had like had the guns laying around and they decided to do it. That's thing one. Thing two, like you, there are things that you never hear about that I want to. Uh, another thing that I'm interested to point out to people, like as an example, have you ever heard of a mass shooting where someone used a suppressor? <laughs> yeah, never. of course not. Right. right. They don't even well, now, suppress. Now, but yeah, 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 it would be much more effective, right? I mean, imagine if no one heard you coming and you were just able to shoot people in a crowd and no one ever heard it. You know why that is? Because tra- the tax and process for getting a suppressor is so fucking complicated. Doesn't mean you can't. I mean, in most states, if you wanted to, it's like $1,000 for the tax stamp. Suppressors, a nice suppressor is like 1000 bucks. You gotta get the hardware to mount into the gun. So figure like two grand, ballpark number. Clearly and you, you can, can have this. <laughs> yeah, I have. I, I'm interested in it. I think it's fucking cool because then you can shoot in your backyard and not piss the neighbors off. So this is something where despite the fact that that would make it much more lethal and scary, imagine if you just couldn't fucking hear the fact that someone was, you know, a street over with an AR-15 mowing people down. That never happens. I can't, I've not heard of a single example of that because the barrier to entry is too high because it's very expensive and it's a pain in the ass. And they do a very thorough background check on shit like that as they do with automatic weapons, which are like nearly impossible to get. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a common sense measure. So by raising the bar, they've effectively eliminated the risk there. That's one easy thing that we could do basically everywhere. It's like, unless you have the means and really want to go out of your fucking way to do it, maybe you don't get, you know, a belt fed fucking like, uh, well, I guess a machine gun's hard to get, but you don't get like an AR-15 with like a hundred round drum mag or something. That seems like a reasonable thing to have to be more paperwork than like, hey, meet me at the Lowe's parking lot and I'll open my trunk and here you go. Thanks for the cash. Um, but how do you do thing. this though? This is the thing. See, like all going back to the point, the things you're bringing up, I think everyone would agree are I don't know that everyone sense. would agree with it. I, I don't know about that. I, I feel like if you're looking at it statistically, the slippery slope is that um, people don't want it, it, They'll agree that there are deaths. They'll acknowledge that there are deaths. Um, but then when it gets down to it, I think people don't want to give up like uh, the way that it's been propagated to them, their rights on it. So however the influence machine has worked out, it's worked out in a way where um, you belong to this team and you yeah, can't I, have I nuance mean, on this team. Sure, but that's what I'm asking, I guess, people to consider is that, and on whatever whatever side of the fence you are, understand that there is there are other options, right? There's not the imaginary gun roundup force, and there's also the, there's not necessarily the let's leave everything completely as the way it is unchanged. There is, there is There are things in the middle that can happen that I think would dramatically reduce the the effect of what we're seeing today which is like raise tax costs on it make it harder dude when you buy and sell a car you know i know Mm -hmm. (laughs) when i buy a car i pay taxes on it i sell it to you you pay taxes on it you sell it to the next guy he pays taxes on it over and over again and guess what it does it deters people from doing that it makes people think a little bit more keep the car a little bit longer i mean among other things but like people who are just into collecting cars that's a consideration like, if I bought a car and I'm immediately not happy with it, I'm like, fuck, I, I might as well keep it for a little while because I already paid the damn tax on it. Which is right. why, if you're not going to keep a car, maybe you lease it. Because then you're just paying the tax per payment. Um, on the gun side, though, it's like, there is no tax. I mean, there's the tax on the original transaction, and then I can go and like fucking sell guns out of the trunk of my car, and nobody really gives a fuck. 
Which These is, are deterrents, though. How do you change attitudes? I guess that's that's the part that I'm I don't most know that it, in I this. don't. I think changing the attitude may be a lost cause to some extent. But what I'm saying is, like, by doing these things, look, I'm I'm mostly interested in solving the problem, not really like changing people's minds. But if we can change, if we can address the problem in a way that doesn't piss the people off who are staunch Second Amendment supporters, um, which is fine. Like, and I don't, you know, I don't. I'm not opposed to that angle fundamentally. I think that it's outdated, but I guess what I'm saying is like, there's a world in which if you're an enthusiast, like you and I, to some extent, if you're somebody who is worried about this scenario, whatever, keep the shits you have. Let's just start moving forward, right? Like Brady Bill was effective to some means when that was in place and then it expired, but there, there, there's legislation you can pass moving forward that raises the barrier to entry and makes it a, a little bit harder. And I think that's that's where you start to have efficacy in making sure that we're not just repeating the same mistake over and over and over and over and over again. And you don't see this shit elsewhere, you know? Like, we're, it's not like there's not precedent for this. Um, there are countries that dealt with this issue. I think that, that that's where the biggest defense comes for the people who are pro-Second Amendment is you know, when England decided to address this issue and they just took people's guns away, I think that's that's used as the rally cry of pro-Second Amendment. But what everybody else ignores is like, every, you know, many other countries where they've done more like what I'm talking about, where they just put additional rules and regulations in place to make it a little bit harder, a little bit more expensive. And the outcome is dramatic reduction in homicides. Right, right. But you're you're talking very objectively about something that's been, again, propagated to tap into people's emotions and people's identities. Well, that's so, what we do here. <laughs> right, right. You and I may do that. I, I'm suggesting if there's anything that comes successful of it, using uh, fact um, and, and objectivity is not always what moves people. In fact, it rarely moves people to do anything. Our motivations come from our emotions. So some things at some time or at some point, um, this has been tied to someone's identity and the fear of losing it means fear of losing identity and progressing them out of a world that they know for a different world that they don't know by scary people trying to take things away from them. That's, that's how this is identified from the perspective of someone that, you know, is, let's say like, uh, I don't know, to the fullest extent of its interpretation now, sec- second amendment rights. So in order for it to be successful i would think and satisfy people because you can try to steamroll them with power and uh pedal power you know whatever you can create some sort of campaign perhaps to steamroll by creating a larger lobby than uh the what is it the nra um but i feel like that's kind of missing the point because in my again it's my opinion in my opinion the the issue that we have with it is that too many people are invested in this idea because I don't think that you would go to, um, again, I didn't look, I'm not looking at the stats you're looking at, but my assumption is that majority of the homicide violence is from areas with low socioeconomic, um, areas where there is like cycles of violence where people live in poverty. And the first, and the first defense of the, the, like, against prohibition and rule changes is that like oh so you're saying that the people who have illegal guns are going to be the ones that are they're going to abide by the law right like if you put these rules in place i'm sure they're because you made it illegal that they'll follow the rules and it's like well 
I, what I'm saying is if you went to those communities, uh, to communities that are affected by this sort of stuff, I think that they have a different emotional reaction to it where maybe they would be more open to that. Like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, we don't want, the, you know, like in um, Detroit, there's like in the city, there are these days where you can go turn in a gun and they pay you and they don't ask any questions of where the gun came from. They don't ask anything about it. They don't look it up. They That's a great idea. Back. Right, 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 right. But it works in those areas because that's a different attitude that people have towards it. But that's not where the opposition is coming from. So um, there, there's not the same emotional tie because it hasn't been propagated the same. Um, so they're all they're more open to the objectivity perspective of it, right? So the difficulty here is not should we or shouldn't we. I, I think if you were able to, uh, I don't know, man, give everyone a lobotomy, just temporary lobotomy. <laughs> you just put a little shim in their brain for a second and then ask them the question they would objectively say like well yeah that's that i'm looking at the data here and it looks like we should stop doing this and then when you pulled the shim out they're like hey no these are my second amendment rights i you know whatever i belong to this club and i belong to this team so it, it's not it's not um an objective thing that people are looking but at I this think, is yeah, why I mean, the point that yeah. you're making is an apt one in that, like, I think the, it's funny because where the pop, where it's more of an issue where you would need, where it's more likely that you would need a firearm to defend yourself in areas of low socioeconomic standing, those are the areas where they're more interested in potentially surrendering the guns because they don't want to feed into that, right? It's like, I don't even want, like, even if I'm not like a person perpetuating the problem directly, I don't want a gun laying around for some kid to find, you know, uh, or someone to break into my house and find it and just start shooting people. I, I don't want to be part of it. And, you know, I'm not, I don't have getting a couple hundred bucks or this thing that's laying around the house is also good because that's, that is a, that's something that may change things for me right now. Um, whereas the people propping up second amendment are largely, you know, it's largely the right. And it's largely due to people paying into things like the NRA and then the NRA lobbying politicians and getting them in their pocket. I mean, it, it's as simple as that, right? Like the reason it still exists is yeah, yeah. effectively because the the NRA operates above the law to some extent and is able to just like bend politicians to their will by by paying them. Um, I, I mean, unfortunately, so that's a fundamental breakdown in the way the system is allowed just to operate itself. But like, I would say it's a disproportionate number of or volume of people in this country that are in that bucket. But because of the money behind it, it is able to mm-hmm. sway politics in places like you're talking about where. It would make a real difference. And it is, you know, those gun buyback programs are common sense. They work. Imagine if you did that and paid everybody like five grand for each gun. You did that for like a year and it cost us like a fucking five billion dollars. We'd probably be over tomorrow. Right. I mean, if everybody could get it's not just like turning your fucked up old. Well, I think it's like we have from, 300 million. We have one gun per. Or, or what is this? How many guns do we have? It's like one per person. Yeah, or I don't know. Person, I, I, the insane. economics of it probably <laughs> wouldn't work, but I'm just saying, you know, like for yeah, argument's yeah. sake, like imagine that instead sure. of just buying shitty guns back in, in areas of low socioeconomic standing, imagine if you get fair market value tomorrow for all your shit and you knew that everybody was doing it, you wouldn't need it anymore because suddenly 99.9% of the guns would be off the street. So, I mean, not going to happen, but I guess my point is. It's, it's weird legislation that's sort of like levied by this minority group in the country that has the money, but they're not the ones that stand to suffer. They're the ones fantasizing over these scenarios because they, I don't know, they got bullied in fucking grade school and like now they're just like 
waiting for the moment where the bully comes back and they can fucking pull their Glock. And they'll piss their pants anyways and not do anything about it. So they're they're not going to do anything. And the people that are going to do something, they're harming themselves. It's like the Michigan militia guys that were going to kidnap the (laughs) government. Did you see their training video? Dude, in the fucking PT cruiser, I was about to shit This is what I wanted to talk about. All right. right. Can I I direct it this way? Because I'm interested in, okay, not just, um, 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 Dude, what is the topic again? The name, the specific name? I forgot about it gun already. Control? Gun, gun control. I couldn't think of the word of control. Okay, beyond gun control, but just the Second Amendment in general. Okay, I'm curious about talking about militias. Okay, so fine. You, you, we've decided that you having AR-15s doesn't harm anyone. You owning them. Um, there have been mass shootings, but if we look at the overall. Um, distribution of which gun and which shooting and how many deaths compared to other guns we've decided that benign no problem okay now what about a group of dudes that have no other obligations or commitments that get together oh you mean you mean a well-regulated militia (laughs) no no i mean yes i mean that i mean that's a that's a very generous interpretation i'm gonna throw heavy quotes around the words (laughs) well-regulated Sure, sure. That's a very generous interpretation. I'm talking about dudes that exist on fucking Reddit forums, okay, that get together to play guns with their buddies, and they have really inconsistent uh, other, let's say, uh, commitment or accomplishments in life. And I'm not suggesting, like, I've fucked up a lot of times, but what I'm saying is if you fucked up a lot of times and you feel that this is what's going to elevate you is organizing in this thing and being successful in this disorganization of, of militias. This is the part that I'm more interested in because we can look at it like, okay, the guns kill people. But I think the biggest um, threat right now is because of the political climate, um, there are people that are misinterpreting the second amendment and they're deciding to assemble. And like you described a very unregulated militia where People are dressing up and showing up at um, demonstrations or, you know what? Hey, they're showing up at riots here. I'll say that for people that, that feel that de- demonstrations are. And that, you know what? I, I agree. There were there were situations where demonstrations led to riots. It was but they're right. showing yeah, was up riding. at riots. They're showing up at riots and suddenly they're playing vigilante uh, right. hero fantasy. <laughs> and sorry, bud, but I. Uh, yeah, if I watch a training video, dude, I don't really want you around me trying to defend me, bro, as a citizen. Because I tell you what, I shot guns too. And I shot guns consistently. And I'll tell you this, I'm not going to be able to defend anybody without consistently I've shot guns. And it was a lot of gun shooting, dude. So guess what? I don't want you there. And I don't think anyone wants you there. So this yeah. issue of having... <laughs> A regulated militia where you're getting really excited to finally show off your toys with all the accessories that you have on your AR-15 that you put on there. Um, I think that this is more problematic, especially with what's going on now. (laughs) So that that part to me is what's really uncomfortable, especially with the most recent uncovering of, right, this plot. (laughs) 
that video i just i mean i'm not a military tactician but rolling so they i mean it was whatever their fake target was it's like they rolled did you see the video on the pt cruiser dude it, no i didn't see that but i've seen so they, other videos of michigan like i didn't see this specific thing that you're talking about this but was i used the to think it was funny got, watching isis and i was like whoa these guys should get in contact with isis because isis is still way ahead of them in terms of training yeah and, they, i mean they're preparing for actual <laughs> conflict not like right. a scenario where you right. drive right, right, right. into a field in the open park your pt right. cruiser spend five seconds staring out the window while presumably you're getting hosed down by whatever uh, like whatever fortress you're trying to get into and then like break away they're all just about like yelling commands out and like you know reenacting what they saw in the latest fucking movie on netflix it's absurd and like these guys don't know what the fuck they're doing they have like no i mean you just basic things you watch them and it's like they have no fucking trigger discipline they're always like accidentally shooting themselves and shit it's just when you look at the stats of the the likelihood that these guys create problems and show up i mean like that asshole that went to that uh that that uh rally I've, there's so many of them this year that i've forgotten which one it was but the kid who went to the yeah yeah the protest and then ended up mm-hmm. shooting a few people and killing one or two of them mm-hmm. um like he wasn't from there he went looking right. for shit yep. and he found when he found shit he did exactly what he wanted he he ended up killing people because he wanted to be a fucking hero because somebody gave him a problem at some point and he he's been you know psychologically like that, that that's all i can come up with is like he's just been looking for a fight where he, yeah of course it is. he could he now had a tool to to even the fight um those scenarios i you see all the time what wouldn't you see a scenario where somebody with an ar-15 prevented some sort of mass casualty situation or like stopped a terrorism event from happening first of all we don't call any of that because it's it's a white guy we that's my You've favorite never seen that thing. happen yeah i see guys with slings walking around all the time mm. they're stop dude they're stopping crime they're stopping yeah. violence i saw an old lady getting mugged at gunpoint this dude that was walking out the sling to ar just stopped it he just right. neutralized them. good guy with a gun dude. he neutralized the tangos right he laid down <laughs> some cover fire <laughs> Until the police showed up. Yeah, I mean, it's fucking absurd. And the the funny thing is, too, like most of the people, yeah, like presented with a scenario where they have to act, even if you assumed like one out of every two people were armed, that one person, 99.9% of the time, would shit their fucking pants, drop the gun, not be able to get it out. They would not want to die. They wouldn't do anything about it. So, I mean, I'm not trying to be an asshole. I'd be probably in that group, too. But, like... I'm in that same I don't, group. I don't yeah, think... Yeah, don't act like you're... <laughs> right, 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 right. And it's just... So, it, it's far more likely, as backed up by the evidence, <laughs> that the these the, the militia types who are prepping for this shit go out and create problems. And just because right. they happen to be white and not like fucking, you know, Muslim or, or anything else, we don't shit a brick over it. And and I mean, I'm being completely serious there. Like if this was a problem that we had a, like a ton of minorities doing this, <clears throat> gun laws would change tomorrow. Garen fucking teed. If like if there was a real contingent of ISIS in this country operating and they were mowing kids down in schools. Holy shit. I can't tell you how quickly everybody would get behind laws that would change and regulate firearms at scale um but i'm happy because that the fbi is still regulating these people so that made me feel good about that but um it's encouraging yeah, I mean, people. yeah kudos but, fbi for catching that i mean because oftentimes we hear, only hear about stuff slipping through cracks but like it's it's funny it seems because they were so inept that they were like hey this random guy wants to get involved in our fucking plot uh, let's talk about it on the internet and then boom like they got nabbed over it and it's like that should tell you uh, also 
everything you should need to know is like the people who were defending on the well-regulated militia line of the Second Amendment, at least, these are sort of buffoons. I mean, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not grouping them all together. I'm sure there's some that are like trained well and whatever, and you know, that's great. But like, we're talking about the people in the in the case of the Michigan governor kidnapping plot. These guys are idiots. So, like, on pretty much every level, and I just, if that's what we're defending here. And your justifications for it are off the fucking charts to the point where you're willing to allow those same types of people to go and shoot up a nightclub or a school because they felt like it, uh, because they snapped. I I don't know how to have that conversation, but I guess what I'll say is if you can get behind some common sense measures to make it a little bit tougher for them to get the tools that they need to do that shit. I, show me the defense. Show, show me the opposition to that because I just don't really understand it. I, I think the, the the interesting piece of all this is because of where we're at when we're experiencing these recent things with these militias. Um, I fear that it's going to strengthen that position, that Second Amendment position, because now perhaps they could be viewed as valuable allies to a gun lobby, right? Um, so the same th- reason that's, mm-hmm. as, that, that's sorry, the, the that same reason me. that the president won't condemn half of these groups is like they're voters, uh, they're yeah. voters and they all, they all polarize like everybody does. And so if you can get their backing, I mean, there's not a ton of them, but it's one, it's a, it's a fringe group and you get a bunch of fringe groups together and suddenly they're not a fringe group anymore, which is why, right. you know, uh, like, Hey, white supremacists and Hey, QAnon and Hey, like get enough of them. There's, there's votes there, and they will vote. And by the way, they might go out to a polling location, hang out with their AR-15s, which I'm happy to see that uh, Michigan passed a law preventing open carry on the day of the election, which is like another fucking common sense thing that I think we can all get behind. Um, it's just, yeah, it's it's a powder keg, especially right now. You know, this is like this is the time that I think people need to be a little bit more open-minded about it and get educated about how easy it is to get guns um, and sort of the objective outcome of what is happening. But like we're headed into a, a very contentious election. I mean, potentially the most contentious and I, I don't know. I mean, maybe definitely modern history. It seems like uh, could be, could, could go beyond that. I, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen until it happens, I guess, but uh, I think no matter the outcome here and particularly with the more likely outcome, I think that, there's going to be some shit going down. And I think that a big part of the problem is going to be these types hanging around in state capitals, looking (laughs) for the fucking fight. And as soon as there's anything that even remotely resembles a fight, there's going to be deaths and this is all preventable. You know, it's like, we're, we're waiting for the, the imaginary, imaginary scenario, but the reality is the imaginary scenario is going to result in real fucking death in the meantime. Um, and, I don't want to be near that. Like, I don't, I don't want to be near I'm sorry, but like, I don't, I know the level of training that I have and I trust myself, but I wouldn't want to be around me just walking around with fucking guns hanging off my back and shit all the time. Like it's just statistically, unless, and even in, you know, the military or something like that, where you're training all the time, shit happens. It's, you know, what prevents getting shot, not having a fucking gun on your back. (laughs) Like accidents don't happen when they're not there. And I think 
the more you know the more that we allow this and the more that we sort of turn a blind eye to it without understanding that it's not a or b there is a c there's a d there's an e there's an f where doing simple things to you know restrict handguns high capacity mags making it a little bit more expensive maybe the waiting period you know something that's still reasonable for enthusiasts um you know, when I bought my shotgun in California, like there, there is a quite a bit longer waiting period here. Um, it's a, it's a bigger pain in the ass to purchase something. It's more expensive. I still did it because I wanted it because it was fun. Whatever, it didn't stop me. Um, you know, what's wrong with that? Doesn't we, we we were able to I think appease both groups. It pisses off pro gun types here, you know, and sometimes it pisses me off because it's like ah, you know, I want instant gratification. I have to wait like fucking two weeks or whatever to go pick my shit up, but. Oh well, I gotta put a seatbelt on when I get in the car, so that right, I don't get right. fucking thrown through the windshield. And that's un- you know hey, it's man, uncomfortable. If you're a real libertarian. If you're a real right, libertarian, say la vie. Defend yourself. Well, then to that, you know, then then here's my my final retort, I guess. If we're gonna just not restrict guns any further at this point, then I want to be able to do cocaine and shoot up heroin. <laughs> I want to be able to drive around without a seatbelt. I want to be able to blow shit up in the backyard. I want complete an utter unregulation of every goddamn thing. Here's what I want. I want on this issue and on all issues, uh, we have 300 million plus people. We can't keep thinking like fucking cavemen. And I, and what I'm saying by that is every issue can't be a for or against. I think we all have to wise it up to a lot of issues and use nuance and make informed decisions that, create progress i know i previously have mentioned like i i have a weird um hypocrisy or paradox perhaps a better word of like i'm i'm a progressive but at a conservative pace i feel like i, I want to go slowly and and change things by giving them a lot of thought and suggesting that something is yes or no on an issue to me seems really fucking unsophisticated given where we are as a society and how many perspectives we can have offered to us and how many you know basically we know way more than we ever have right we your know dog name selection people. method is better than <laughs> our means of electing representatives or right, uh, like right, right. defining legislation for example so I'm sad that in this case, perhaps the first in early polarization, well I shouldn't say the first in early but to me in my lifetime the one that I probably remember this in abortion remember the most is that as a society, we haven't really moved forward to having nuanced perspectives on things. And that to me is pretty fucking sad. Um, Cause how would we, how are we going to thrive as a society if we have really basic perspectives that like, you know, cool. Um, if there's one dictator and there's 50 people, or I don't even want to call it a dictator. If there's one commander and 50 people, um, cool, man, make the decisions that way. That makes sense. There's 50 of us. The, the issues aren't going to be that complex. But all of us to have these really basic ideas and to be susceptible to accepting really basic solutions without seeing nuance to me is disappointing. So I know that that's not a clear yes or no to to, um, gun control. But my point is it's looking at it that way is too fucking simple and free up your emotions that have been propagated to you to make, you know, a more rational decision. Um, not, not just for the sake of like being objective. Like I understand these are woven into people's identities and cultures and the amendment. So our constitution and what it is to be an American. However, um, let's be 
just much more nuanced in ways of thinking of solutions that allow for people that can carry or not, I don't even want to say carry that, that can own that should own where it's their constitutional right can do it in a way where it's safer. It's not a problem. It's, it's addressing everyone's needs. Like we're figuring out a way to do it in a more, um, uh, what do you want to call it? Like a, like a more, a better compromise, a, a better, a better solution. That, so that that's where I'm at. Come up with a better solution. There's a lot of fucking smart people. Get it together. Figure out a better solution. <laughs> so right. that's not a for or against. It's a figure it out better. Yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I think, like, like we've been saying, you know, I don't, I'm not like staunchly opposed or for. I think I, I have, I, I sit in the middle ground, and I think as with a lot of the shit that we talk about, it's just about right. Trying to get a little bit more, like, you know, take a step back, see the forest for the trees. Don't wait until the point where, like, you know, as we're doing, I think, with coronavirus right now, it's like, I don't, I, I see it happening, and this is heavily anecdotal, but, like, I see it happening where once somebody's got one degree of separation from somebody who's gotten it or died, then suddenly it's a little bit more real. Otherwise, it's just this thing on the news, and you're just like, eh, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, we're getting to the point now where I feel like it's, becoming more real however we're also like in the thick of the ramp up of the second wave right now i mean it's getting worse every fucking day and we're hitting like new highs in some cases so yeah we're I, breaking I add, records over here michigan's yeah. doing good things all around Congrats, yeah i would michigan i would people. ask the you know like l- this is something that we can get ahead and not you know we're, we're ramping up a gun deaths homicide deaths are on the upswing in this country even ignoring suicides which are also just fundamentally up across the board not just including um guns but let's not wait until, you know, a friend, a family, a neighbor gets gunned down and it was totally preventable. Let's think a little bit critically about this in the meantime and, and think about the longer term, which is like, again, I'm not even I'm not proposing then none of the solutions I talk about are rounding guns up and stripping people, uh, you know, of their firearms for anything that they own now. Buyback programs. Great. If you want to turn it in, you want a little money. That's awesome. We can get another gun off the street. If you uh, want to buy something moving forward, though, I think there are regulations that could be put into place that that really hedge this issue and get ahead of it. Is it going to solve things tomorrow? No. And unfortunately, in in society today, we need like instant results or we lose interest in it. But like, as with global warming and everything else, like the writing is on the fucking wall. Well, let's take some common sense measures now. And hey, maybe there's some tax revenue there too. Like. If you're like on what I think, like everybody bitches about infrastructure and all that, if we ta- start taxing the fuck out of guns, it would have a long tail solution to what has become a long tail problem. And hey, maybe we can use some of that money to like do some of the things that we all bitch about. So I think a little bit more critically about it. Look at some of the stats. Um, and, you know, in time, I have some hope that it's something that people can get behind. I just think as long as the NRA is able to sort of operate with and fire the money gun and, and sort of uh, act as the, uh, I don't know. There's a whole, I'm not going to get into the fucking NRA right now, but I I don't, I don't think it's okay. The way that some of these, these groups are able to lobby um, and use, use their money and influence. It just, it's, it's problematic uh, to put it lightly, but in any event, you know, Look into it. Think a little bit more objectively about it. Um, think about the stuff that you see that's actually happening instead of the things that you 
maybe are worried about happening that there's no precedent for fantasizing about um and yeah piece it together it's my advice man (laughs) Uh, all right well you should go read some dog books i know i know i got yeah he sent us a the, the breeder sent us an email, so that's what I'll be doing is reading all the recommendations and getting everything or, in order on two I, days' notice. <laughs> so I was like, in the next two days. Trying to read the Caesar Milan one that everybody says is good, and then I couldn't, I was getting too bored, so I got the audiobook of it, and we were listening to it. And it's like, I don't know if like maybe it gets good, but like, we're, I'm fairly far into it, and it's so far, it's just been like his story and like, uh how great he is at everything and like it's just like about his life more than anything and i'm like i don't care dude tell me how to like train the damn dog you know so i don't know that i can recommend that one yet but uh i can give you i haven't had the dog yet but here's my thoughts uh i know how to do behavioral training because of what i do and behavioral training the studies were all on animals so to anyone out there um I guess Jordan said Caesar's book is kind of boring. Uh, just pick up a book on behavioral psychology and figure it out. <laughs> That's all you got to do. Yeah. 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 We'll see if I'm full of shit in a week when I <laughs> Yeah, when you're when like, yeah, back to you. dog won't do anything that I say. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, I'm interested to see how it goes. Let me know. Give me updates. Sure. Of course. Of course. All right. All right. See you next time.